Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto, Cryptocurrency Podcast. This is Blockchain Wayne coming to you live. This is this episode is brought to you by Coincierge Club, mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution. Coincierge Club makes purchasing easy, safe, and the overall process more efficient while costing less. Helping to make cryptocurrency mainstream. Let's start off with a quick market update. Looks like Bitcoin has recovered slightly. Uh, sitting flat from 24 hours ago, but slightly up from where we had dipped down to. Uh, but it looks like, as for now, until we can get and stay above 6,500, looks like the bears are in control. Market cap sitting right above $200 billion right now, barely. All right, enough with the bears. So let's take a look. So altcoins seem to be down slightly as well. They had had a good, decent recovery 24 hours ago, but sitting slightly down right now from the same period 24 hours ago. Let's look at what's going on in the news. So first article I want to bring to you has nothing to do with cryptocurrency, but many of you, if you haven't, you will hear it. Many people's case against cryptocurrency is that it is used by criminals. Uh, and usually I dispute that claim when people say that. I say, oh, you mean like cash? right? Because criminals will use whatever means is necessary. So today's first article we're going to look at, authorities in Georgia are using their noodles to figure out how a trailer with nearly $100,000 in ramen noodles got stolen. The trailer containing the salty non-perishable food was sitting outside of a gas station in Georgia. And so there you go. Criminals, they don't just deal in cash. They don't deal in cryptocurrency or diamonds or stolen goods. I mean, they're even stealing Ramen noodles, $100,000 worth of ramen. I would think that would be a shipload, not just a truckload, but I guess I'm wrong. So moving along. So let's look at next headline talks about technical analysis buy when there is blood in the streets. So looking forward at where we're at right now, it's critical that between 6,020 and 5,750 holds. Uh, Bitcoin's relative resilience in this latest crypto market bloodbath has shown without a doubt Bitcoin is still bought. So why is that? You hear everything's crashing. Why is it still boss? Because it is now achieved since the first time last year when we had our last bull market, over 50% of market dominance. So all that means is basically the value of Bitcoin is greater than the value uh, of all the alts combined. So that is means Bitcoin is still dominant, sitting right now around 54%. Are we poised for another run up? Only time will tell. We can't tell the future. Right now, it's not looking too good, but at some point we will hit bottom and start the next bull run. So moving on, on August, on Wednesday, August 15th, Coinbase is back in the news announcing that they had acquired a small San Francisco-based startup called Distributed Systems with the startup's five employees joining Coinbase's identity team. Coinbase Twitter announced, quote, decentralizing online identities will transform our relationship with technology. Today, we're welcoming the, welcoming the distributed systems team to Coinbase to work on this opportunity, end quote. So the concept is to allow identity verification without giving away your social security number or other vital info. Many times you go onto a website, whether it's a trusted website or not, and you're trying to prove your identity, you're verifying social security number or security questions, anything that can be used to steal your identity. Having a decentralized system for that without giving away your identity is gonna be huge and looks like Coinbase is moving in that direction. So, as you've heard, some it's been said recently that by skeptics that Bitcoin is rat poison, 
Pantera CEO says that if Bitcoin is rat poison, then the banks are the rats. So in an ICO and digital asset fund conference call Tuesday, CEO and Chief Investment Officer Dan Moorhead said blockchains are the next step in the evolution of equity, while cryptocurrency is a superior form of currency. He called Bitcoin the biggest disruption of this generation. If you remember, Pantera, over the lifetime of their fund, has generated a 10,000% return. They definitely are bullish when it comes to Bitcoin and see the long-term potential of Bitcoin and blockchain and cryptocurrency in general. So moving along, South Korea crypto industry is more optimistic than ever despite the bear market. So however, you know, while the price of cryptocurrency is an important metric that demonstrates the level of adoption of digital assets, it's equally crucial to acknowledge positive developments in the cryptocurrency sector. Now this is what I've been saying. The news that I cover does not focus much on price action, but a lot more on what's going on in the space because the last run up, the last bull market was driven by price speculation. The next one is going to be a combination. It's not going to be price speculation that's going to be driving it. It's going to be a factor, but the main factor is going to be the level of adoption of those digital assets. Where are we in the development sector? So since early February, the crypto market has endured the third worst correction in its history, experiencing a 78% decline in price. Despite the bear market, the cryptocurrency industry of South Korea has seen significant progress pertaining to regulation and adoption. Remember what I said, don't pay attention to what the price is doing right now, pay attention to what's happening behind the scenes, and this is huge. So the next article I wanna talk about real quick, just briefly, has nothing again to do with cryptocurrency. This is just my personal opinion, opinion but the SEC has supportedly served Tesla with a subpoena after Elon Musk takes a you know, take private tweet. So give you a little background. So several days ago, Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, tweeted basically just toying with the idea of taking the company private. Now, Tesla is a public company. To take, take it private, they would have to buy out all the shareholders. It's a huge deal. Did cause a spike in the price. SEC is looking at that as insider trading. Why do I bring this up on a cryptocurrency podcast? Tesla and Elon Musk, I think, have been toying with the idea of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology for a while. And if he gets embattled in, in, in with the SEC, I feel that he is going to take a huge stance on cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. And you'll see some serious news coming out from Tesla as he tries to be on the cutting edge. So moving along, last article we'll look at today, and then we lead into crypto education, is going to be Bitcoin Investor is suing AT&T for $224 million after a mobile link theft. So basically, California resident Michael Turpin has filed a 69-page complaint against AT&T in U.S. District Court in Los Angeles, in which he alleges that he lost $24 million worth of cryptocurrency after the cellular service provider negligently allowed a hacker to obtain authorized access to a cell phone account. Long story short, someone was able to go into an AT location, uh, get access to his account, get a phone, replace a phone number on his account, and then access his crypto accounts and steal his cryptocurrency. So why did I save this for last? Because I want to lead into two-factor authentication. As far as this guy suing AT&T, I honestly don't think he has much to stand on. He did not take the necessary precautions to protect himself. Number one, why would you have that much money available on exchanges? You know, I, you know, it's for a different time, but if you want to look at hard wallets, 
cold storage, that's really where that amount of currency should be held. Not only that, the crypto education piece for today is two-factor authentication. As I mentioned in the past episodes, you are the bank when it comes to cryptocurrency. You are responsible for your security. So you want to make sure you're being as secure as possible. Using passwords are not easy to guess, right? The other thing is setting up two-factor authentication. Now, what is two-factor authentication? Two-factor authentication involves a second level of authentication before anyone can log into your account. So if you have your password hacked, your account's hacked, if they don't have that two-factor authentication code, they still cannot get into your accounts, even if they have the username and password. How's that important? So Google Authenticator is one option to use. Google Authenticator allows you to scan a QR code or enter a, a, a backup a key, and that key will allow you to create a time-based code that changes on average about every 30 seconds. So whenever you log into that account, you have to put in the time code that is synced up with that when you open it up on your phone. Uh, bad thing about Google Authenticator, if you lose your phone or your phone crashes, you cannot just download it on another device. You have to have your backup key. So whenever you set up two-factor authentication on an account, they will give you a security backup key to enter if you ever lose your two-factor authentication. What that really does, is it's going to be able to reset it without the two-factor authentication. Where do some people go wrong with that? They will store those backup keys on a digital device or they will store it in their email, worst of all. So when someone's account is hacked in that case, it's not that their account was hacked, their email was hacked, and someone was able to access their backup key to two-factor authentication. I recommend keeping it on, on cold storage, write it on a notebook, keep a notebook in a safe. That's what I do. That way all your keys are one place if you do happen to lose your phone and have to get access and back everything up. Another two-factor authentication app that is also available is called Authy, A-U-T-H-Y. Now Authy is very good because Authy allows you to be able to switch it to another phone without having to have your backup keys, but also Authy is not, not used on every account or every exchange you may use. So two-factor authentication is huge. If this guy would have been using it, chances are he would not have been hacked like he was. And then second of all, if you have that amount of money, cold storage is the next thing you want to look at. Trezor and Nano Ledger, they both make cryptocurrency hard wallets that you can you know, order and put in cold storage. But the key is you want to make sure you are ordering from the company. You are getting a, a factory sealed product and that there is no written private key in that box. If there's a private key in that box, chances are someone has already compromised it because you will generate that backup key when you set up that hardware wallet. That is used to basically store your devices. It looks like a USB flash drive in many cases, but allows you to store your digital currencies in, in a hard wallet, protecting it from hackers. So that is it for our crypto education today. Hope the information was useful. As always, the articles that are referenced in, in the podcast today will be on our Facebook page under the same name, From No Crypto to No Crypto. Also, we have a book on Amazon under the same name, A Beginner's Guide to Cryptocurrency, From No Crypto to No Crypto, uh, available in paperback and Kindle ebook. Just giving you the basics. It's a 40-page quick start guide just on where to get started, where to start getting your information and get involved in crypt cryptocurrency. Uh, that is it for the show today. Thanks for listening in and we'll see you on the next episode.